This podcast is brought to you by JAM, Junction Arts and Media, building community in the Upper Valley through media. Welcome to Shelf Help, a podcast where booksellers help you answer one of life's trickier, and we argue most important questions. What should you read next? I'm Lisa, co-founder of The Book Jam, a nonprofit designed to help you find your next great book. And the talent for this podcast will now introduce themselves. We'll start with Allie this time. Hi, I'm Allie. I own Still North Books and Bar in Hanover, New Hampshire. And I'm Emma. I co-own the Norwich Bookstore in Norwich, Vermont. And I'm Carrie, one of the co-owners of the Yankee Bookshop in Woodstock, Vermont. And if you've listened before, you know our episodes answer questions from people like you. So please send us your reading dilemma to shelfhelpuv at gmail.com or use your preferred social media method to reach any of these three amazing independent bookstores. We do our best to answer all questions we receive in upcoming episodes. And with that, we're jumping into recommendations and book talk. For this episode, each bookseller has been asked to discuss one book, maybe two, maybe three, that they recommend that answers today's question. And today's question comes from Kirsten via Instagram. My dilemma, making time to read fiction as my thirst for knowledge slash evidence increases with age. Who wants to start us off here? Kirsten is one of the most wonderful, fascinating people that I have had the pleasure of meeting as a bookseller. And Kirsten reads a ton. Like, I need to make that clear. It's not that she's not reading, but she's one of those people who she's doing a lot of research on things, and she keeps going down these rabbit holes that have to do with her research. She and I haven't really had a good conversation in a while, but I know she's been doing a lot of research on family history. One of the most recent books that she picked up in our store had to do with the art from pulp novels because she found out that someone in her family history was involved in that. So again, oh, like wow. lots of really interesting, lots of metaphysical stuff. Yes, I, I want to know all of the things that Kirsten knows. Very into tarot. You know, she's posted videos on Instagram about spiritual stuff happening in her house. Spooky. Yeah. So, you know, it's really interesting stuff. And I feel like having a conversation with Kirsten might allow each of us to really give her some fiction that she would truly enjoy. Because I think it just needs to kind of be adjacent. Like that, when Mm -hmm. when I read this, I was like, okay, I think fiction just needs to be adjacent to whatever you're studying. And then it's a little easier to dive into it. That makes sense. But yeah, so what did what did you think yeah, of? Yeah, what did you think? Well, Not knowing that. <laughs> I struggled to come up with books, but I was able to quickly come up with a lot of things I wanted to say to you. <laughs> and the first is like, well, you have two options here. One, no shame. Read the nonfiction. Just keep reading it. Like, there is nothing wrong with nonfiction. And I, in this past year, have really embraced being more of a nonfiction reader than a a fiction reader, which is super weird. Didn't think I'd be there, but I just kind of got to the point where I was like, wait, these stories aren't real. And so I want to be diving more into the things that are happening around me. That said, that's not why we read fiction. So stop looking for facts and evidence (laughs) and read fiction because it gives you a window into somebody else's experience. Mm -hmm. So like, if you can really separate yourself from that need for concrete knowledge, I think you have a better chance at really 
appreciating fiction. And one thought that I had was like, maybe go with an unreliable narrator where like it's so obvious that like there is no objective truth to kind of help get you out of that mindset. But then I started struggling with like unreliable narrator. What would I recommend? And I kind of abandoned it. But I do. I think kind of playing with nonfiction versus fiction, looking for fiction that proves that there is no objective truth or nonfiction that reads kind of like fiction. So when I say that, I think like memoir, like Wild Game by Adrian Broder. If you read that, there's like a 30% chance that you'll be like, this is a novel if you don't know that it is a memoir. Mm -hmm. And so kind of looking for the nonfiction and the fiction that blurs those lines a little bit more, I think might be a one way to approach it. Yeah, I'm just kind of curious why she feels like she needs to make time for fiction. Like, is the problem that she doesn't think it's as important as the nonfiction? Because to that, I would say that fiction can offer just as much truth and insight as nonfiction. But if it's just like there's a guilt, then like, yeah. Screw guilt. Yeah. Screw shame. <laughs> Read what you want. Read what you like. You can do it. But what I've been thinking about a lot lately is like combining or pairing rather fiction and nonfiction books. Ooh. And so like, okay, you've got a nonfiction book that you really liked. Maybe ask a bookseller what is a fiction story that might kind of be a companion piece to this. So the one that I always pull out of my back pocket is if you've read the book How to Do Nothing by Jenny O'Dell, which is about how to do nothing uh. <laughs> and just kind of about productivity and kind of questioning productivity to what end and so I recommend to combine that with A Psalm for the Wild Built by Becky Chambers which I see as a fiction companion to that book I'm glad you didn't say my year of rest and relaxation no that's way different <laughs> I don't know I think there's you tell me, and then I'll yeah, say why I think they're similar. My year of rest and relaxation is just like a total, like, let me kind of completely remove myself from society. Yeah. Whereas A Psalm for the Wild Bill is all about, I mean, these are two totally different books, uh, by the way. One so, different. <laughs> so different. So different. But A Psalm for the Wild Bill is very much about kind of like questioning our values and why we do things and like, again, productivity to what end. It very much sits in that question that how to do nothing for me brought up. So I feel like they just work really well together. I like the discussion here and I'm, I'm still stuck on like what book would I recommend for with an unreliable narrative and I'm not coming up with one, but I will before this is over, I think. Gone Girl is another really obvious one. It's obvious, but that's what comes to head that I didn't necessarily like it. Sorry. I personally <laughs> loved it. I'm, yeah. I like feel very proud that I can say that I loved Gone Girl because it's a book that a lot of people like hate read or felt a lot of shame about liking. And this is all to say, no shame about no shame. what you're reading. Does Fates and Furies have an unreliable narrator? Sure does. Oh, yeah. yeah. It does. Maybe more than one. Yeah. Spoiler <laughs> alert. And everything Lauren Groff is just fantastic, as previously established on this podcast. What is reliability? What is objective truth? There's no such thing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I will defend my, like. <laughs> my not being able to recommend Gone Girl. It had nothing to do with the genre or being un, like not well written. It was more triggering for me. Oh, gotcha. There was, there yeah, was a yeah. lot of there no, was a lot of triggering stuff in there that I was just like, yeah, this is yeah. not the book for me. Similarly, it's okay not to like Gone yeah. Girl. <laughs> exactly. But but I think you should be clear about why. You know, like I'm not being a snob about the genre because I love thrillers. Self acceptance. <laughs> Self acceptance. There we go. Shelf help, shelf acceptance. 
I do like the genre of the thriller. A good thriller is fun. Okay, with that, Carrie. <laughs> Carrie, who knows this person, may be going in a completely different direction. I mean, I, I also feel like, Kirsten, you should feel no guilt about the things that you read because you read really interesting things and you're following your own reading path. Like, you're finding things on your own that you're interested in reading. So there's no reason to feel guilt about that. If you just want to try to work some fiction in, I do think that going adjacent to whatever you're reading and and any indie bookstore that you walk into, you should be able to talk to someone and, and find out, you know, their thoughts on, on something similar. You know, historical fiction can be really good just because I know you and I know that you would get a kick out of this. And I know I've talked about this on the podcast before. Everyone Knows Your Mother is a Witch by Rivka Galchin, mm -hmm. which is based on actual court documents that they had to translate from the German. So, you know, I feel like that's kind of great because it's these historical documents that they they looked at in depth and, and they never spoke to the woman who was accused of witchcraft. So... Galchen had to just create this character based on what everybody else in the village was saying about her. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think, too, because you're looking at family stuff, like, I think that could be really interesting for you. I also know that you really enjoyed Children's Bible by Lydia Malay. Ooh. So, so Ooh. yeah, which may, now there may be other recommendations that pop up for you, too. I read a Children's Bible back-to-back -back with Leave the World Behind by Ruman Alam. Mm. That was really intense. Yeah. <laughs> Very similar themes in the two. Children's Bible is a bunch of children on vacation with their families, and the adults are completely failing them, much as older generations are completely failing Gen Z and Generation Alpha? Is that I know, it? I just heard yeah, about that. That's a thing. That's a thing. <laughs> Very cli-fi. As is, as is Leave the World Behind. Couple takes a trip out to the Hamptons or elsewhere on Long Island, and while they're on their trip, the world kind of leaves them behind in a way. Does that is that true? I'm gonna call that true. I'm looking at you to see if you've read, read it. it. I haven't read oh, it. Right. I know it's yeah. nobody knows. Yeah. Can confirm it, Long Island. A disaster <laughs> happens. Nobody knows what's going on. Yeah, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna make yeah. leave the world behind my recommendation okay. there for, go. for mm -hmm. Kristen because no one knows what is going on. There's just this big event, and it's this couple who is kind of isolated in this area that they don't know. And what else to get you away from objective truth than just not having any access to mm. any information? There you go. <laughs> Did you say Kirsten likes reading tarot? I would assume that she does. I haven't had a conversation with her about it. but If you want to dive into fiction that is vaguely involved uh, with tarot, then I would also recommend the Elemental Logic series by Lori J. Marks, which I'm sure I must have talked about on the podcast before. First one is Fire Logic. If you've seen the TV show Avatar The Last Airbender, very similar vibes, elements, destruction of civilization, and then kind of a rebuilding and a coming back together. But also the main character reads what she calls glyphs, but what basically sound like tarot cards to me. Oh, nice. Oh, it's amazing. It's the best book I've ever read. And we can Whoa. give... <laughs> wow. Yep. You should fit that into every podcast. I <laughs> Sam yeah. tells me I talk about it too much, but I'm trying to become the number one best-selling book. And with that, we will summarize the books that we discussed. Go, Emma, with the good God, no? 
Allie? I think I landed on Leave the World Behind by Ruman Alam. I mentioned Wild Game by Adrian Broder, which I don't think you'll like, but was just an example <laughs> of something that's very... <laughs> Was just, Somebody might like it, though. Yeah. <laughs> it was just an example of something that could be novel-esque while still being nonfiction. Mm-hmm. And you also mentioned briefly my year of rest and relaxation. Oh, I did, but just to say I'm glad that Emma wasn't right. recommending that alongside How to Do Nothing. Not that it's not a good book. It's a good book, but just, it just doesn't right. fit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. Well done. Okay, Emma. I talked about How to Do Nothing and A Psalm for the Wild Built. How to Do Nothing is by Jenny O'Dell. Psalm for the Wild Built is by Becky Chambers. And I also recommended Fire Logic by Lori J. Marks. And then I recommended Everyone Knows Your Mother is a Witch by Rivka Galchin. And I think that was Children's it. Bible. Children's Bible, which you've already read, but other people should read because it was wonderful. <laughs> so good. And you might want to just try Sweet Lamb of Heaven by Lydia Millet. Oh. Um, that one was a... I still haven't read that one, but several people at the bookstore that I worked at at the time that it came out were absolutely obsessed with it. And I still have one of their copies on my bookshelf. Okay, and with that, we end this episode. Shelf Help is brought to you by The Book Jam, a nonprofit designed to help readers find their next great book, Junction Arts Media, and these three fabulous bookstores, The Yankee Bookshop in Woodstock, Vermont, The Norwich Bookstore in Norwich, Vermont, and Still North Books and Bar in Hanover, New Hampshire. If you've got a reading dilemma, contact us at shelfhelpuv at gmail.com or reach any of these three fabulous stores using your preferred social media method. We are here to help yourselves. Thanks for being with us and see you next time on Shelf Help. Thank you for listening to this Jam podcast. If you have found this program interesting and would like to find more Upper Valley content or learn how to produce your own media, please visit us at uvjam.org.